Blog Talk Radio.
grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer, and Jesus, you that answer. There's no need for us, God, to 
turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. I want to remind you today that a billion starts with the number one. And that's where you and I come in. I have a word today from God, and I don't hesitate to say that. I'm too old to worry about looking good anymore. <laughs> when I come to speak somewhere, especially here, I just say, God, what do you want to say? These are your people. What do you want to say? Because we have to get this now. We've got to be a people of truth. We've got to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because the days are short. Number one, you're going to need the knowledge of Christ for stability in these times. If you don't really know who you are in Christ, not only will you not make a difference, but you won't be able to stand. There's, there's a coming storm into this world, folks, that is going to be beyond anything we've ever seen in our lifetime. The promise of God is that, is that if we hear the words of God, as, you, as you're going to hear today, and we do them, that when the rains come and the, the floods come and the wind beats on your house, it won't fall. It will stand. It can't be taken down because Christ is the cornerstone of your heart and of your life. Thank God. Thank God for that. You and I are destined to be miracles in the hands of God. And I'm not saying that lightly. Every life... Christ died and rose again from the dead, took captivity captive, and gave gifts, not only salvation, but gifts to us that we might be, as the Scripture says, a people wondered at. We, you and I might be a people that, that this world looks at as they did on the day of Pentecost and say, how do you get a relationship with God like that? And where did you get the ability to do the things that you're doing? Remember on the day of Pentecost, people were just kind of going about their their kind of religious day as, as, as it was, and they suddenly encountered 120 people that God was speaking through. And they were given abilities and giftings to do things they didn't have the normal, uh, natural ability to do. They were speaking in languages they had never learned, and every one of them were speaking about the wonderful things that God is able to do. Amazing. They weren't speaking about themselves. They weren't babbling into the wind. They weren't behaving like fools. They, they were actually speaking about God and about what God is able to do in hearts that are surrendered to him. People passing by looked at this and said, whatever, whatever they've found of God, that's what I want in my life. 
And this is God's purpose for his church. Always has been his purpose for his church. You know, folks, we're not, we're not left on the earth to be an argument about his existence. We're led to be a demonstration of the reality that he is alive. He has been raised from the dead. He did take captivity captive. He, he does indwell a body on the earth called his church. And, and I'm not called, you're not called just to be an argument. Yes, we have to know doctrine, we have to know truth, but I fear for this generation and perhaps one or two before it that we, we've almost relegated to an argument. And if you'll notice, in this generation, nobody's interested in our argument anymore. Ah, but that's where God comes in. That's where God begins to do something in us and through us that, that people can't deny. This is what happened with the Apostle Paul. I want to talk about that this afternoon from 1 Timothy chapter 1. That's where we're going to start. A message called, Make My Life a Miracle. Can you say that? Can you really say that? Can you mean that? that I want my life to be a miracle. You know, God's willing to answer that prayer. And so, Father, I do pray, God, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that has been so evident throughout this entire service, the whole day, actually. The worship has been amazing. Your presence has been here, Lord. You already came in advance just to confirm what you want to speak to every heart. And so, Lord, would you give me the ability to speak this today, and would you give us the ears to hear? God, you yourself, Jesus, spoke to the churches in Revelation, and you, you, would, you would put a cornerstone on it by saying, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. God, there were warnings there, but there were great promises to each church, Father. So I, I do pray, God, open our ears and open our hearts, Lord, to be able to hear. Don't let us just be a people who are always learning but denying what you want to do in and through each of our lives. Give us the grace, my God, that we need to be able to hear. All of us, Lord. No exceptions. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Make my life a miracle. Paul the Apostle to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I could preach for an hour on that one line. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. In other words, Paul's saying he didn't call me because I had certain skill sets. He didn't call me because I had a history of faithfulness or certificates on my wall or had achieved things in the religious world. He enabled me to be the person that I became, to do the things that I'm now doing, to have the heart that I now have, because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. In other words, Paul says, the one thing I had is a heart for him. And God knew that when he began to reveal himself in me and through me, that I, I would go with him. And he put me, because of it, into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, in other words, I, I cursed his name. I used to do that when I was a cop. We'd play cards at lunchtime. And I had a habit of cursing the name of Jesus Christ to my shame. Paul said, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent or a violent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. I, I believed God, and I knew that he loved me. That's why he died for me. And his, his grace, his, 
His ability that he was willing to give me, the favor that he was willing to pour into my life was, was exceedingly abundant. It was, it, was, it was more than I could even ask or think, beyond what I thought God would ever do in my life. He goes on in verse 15, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. And Paul was saying, I was the worst of the worst as sinners. I was a blasphemer of God. I was an angry man. I persecuted the church of Jesus Christ, and I, I did violent things to the people of God and, and others, I'm sure, in his life. But he called me, and his love was shed abroad in my heart, and that in me first he might show other people that he's willing to take us no matter where we come from. doesn't matter your background. I don't care how many years you've been in jail. None of it matters, or the things that you've done in the past. But he's willing to take you, he's willing to take me, and he's willing to use our lives for his glory, even though it may take a while for him to get through to us, that that's really his intent and his purpose in each one of our lives. From being a blasphemer and a persecutor, Paul's life was made an undeniable testimony of the power of God. And it either had to be accepted or rejected, but never ignored. Never ignored. This is the desire of my heart. God, every room I walk into, every, every environment that you invite me into, let the testimony of your life in my life cause people to either bend the knee or pick up rocks to throw them at me, or, but never let it be ignored. Let there be a trembling in the hearts of even rulers who hear of who you are and what you're able to do. Many people knelt when they heard Paul's story. Others raged and even rulers trembled. Because here was a man fully surrendered and gripped by the presence and power of God. I remember the story of D.L. Moody, who was just a young man. I think he was about 15 years old, and he was, worked in a, in a shoemaker's shop. And a Sunday school teacher had a burden to go talk to him, and they were sitting on a park bench. And the Sunday school teacher said to him, Dwight, he said, the world has yet to see what God could do through a vessel that was fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And he just got up, the Sunday school teacher, and he walked away. And as I read one of Moody's biographies, it says that he sat there and he said these words, By the Holy Spirit of God within me, I shall be that man. And the rest is history. That man traveled with very little education, traveled all over the world. Revival broke out everywhere he went. People would tremble in the presence of God because he, he, he just trusted God to make his life a miracle. He didn't have the skill set. If you ever read his writings, he couldn't spell even though there's a Bible college named after him, he himself couldn't spell. It was very uh, difficult. Paul said these words in Galatians 2.20, It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's the key. The abandonment, in a sense, of ourselves. The, 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 the giving over of our rights. The giving over of our plans and ambitions. And, and even our self-view whether it's a grand one or whether it's a really bad one, whatever it is, we just simply put it all in the hands of God and say, here, this all belongs to you now, and you can do with it what you will. But now give me, give me your self-view of me. Give me your view of my life. Give me the giftings that I'm going to need to do what I'm called to do in this world. Let it be no longer I that lives. Let it be Christ that lives in me. At some point in our lives, the reality 
of the fact that we have the third person of the Godhead living in these earthly bodies has to take hold of us. We don't just have a concept about God or arguments about God or knowledge about God or a fuzzy feeling about God. We actually have God in the third person living in these earthen vessels. The Bible does say that the Spirit of God within us intercedes for us with groanings. And I I know what that is. That's the groaning of God to, to bring us in line with God's will for each one of our lives. He's thinking more about you than you could even imagine about yourself. He's got plans for your life that you've not even thought your life is going to amount to. The danger that we face as believers in Christ is at some point we set our judgment about ourselves above the judgment of God and above the Word of God. And we start determining the course of our own life and how tragic it's going to be one day to to get to heaven. Now, that's that's not tragic in itself. Thank God for that. You get to the throne of God, and maybe there's a video section. I don't know what it is, but you finally see what our lives could have been. Now, we're still in heaven, and heaven is still our home. I'm not talking about salvation now. I'm talking about what could have been done, what the will of God really was for each one of our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this, this is the verse that won me to Christ. I want you to know this right now. I, I, you know, when... when when the police officer that shared the gospel with me, I was a cop as well, and who shared the gospel with me, I wasn't really even concerned about my sin. I have to be honest with you. I wasn't concerned about a lot of things that he was talking to me about. The one thing that really, really was a hook in a sense in my heart is this one verse. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's an amazing verse. I remember thinking, is that possible? Is that possible that God could could change my life, that I I could actually be a new person? I was fooling the crowd, just like many here are, or at least some anyway. But I knew what I was. I knew what I was becoming. I knew where I was going, and I was powerless to stop it. The selfishness of my own heart was starting to consume me. The anger was getting deeper and deeper in my life. The drinking was getting more and more uh, a part of my life to the point where some of my friends began to be concerned. Oh, yeah, I could fake it at a party and I could pull up my guitar and sing and look like I'm the life of the place, but I knew what I was when I would get home and sit on the edge of my bed. And I remember this verse. This police officer told me, he said, I used to be a, a womanizer, a drunk, and a gambler. And I'm looking at a guy that looks like he's been raised next to a piano singing Amazing Grace. I remember thinking, how is that possible to change like that? And he would tell me, Carter, it wasn't me. It's Christ in me. And there's a promise that if, if you open your heart and Jesus Christ comes in and becomes part of your life, the old things that govern you lose their authority. They lose their power. They lose their, their right to dictate your future. It's gone. The wounds of the past begin to be healed, and all things become new. When I came to Christ, I remember in 1978, I pulled over on the side of the road, and my prayer was, the guy's name was Irv, by the way, the police officer, and my prayer was, Jesus Christ, if what Irv has said is the truth, then I open my heart to you. If if it's possible, I can have a new life. If I can be forgiven, and if you can help me to be the person that you want me to be, then I, I give you the rights to my life. Peter the Apostle says in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verses 9 and 10. Speaking of us today, he says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is what we're called to do. Where our whole being speaks about light, speaks about newness, speaks about the wondrous power of God to transform us into the people that he's making us into. Verse 10 says, Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We're living in a generation that needs to see and hear from people whose lives have been miraculously changed by the power of God. Have you noticed that our arguments don't matter anymore? There needs to be a demonstration in this generation of the presence and power of God through his church, which brings everything back down to you now and to me. We are God's plan A. We're not plan B, C, D, E, F. We're God's plan A. There is no other plan for this generation except for you and except for me. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, and verses 20 and 21, listen to these words of, of the Apostle Paul. Now, in, in the context of, of understanding what he considered his life to be, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Did you realize that today, that God is able to do more, exceedingly more, above all that you're able to think? Now, I want you to think about what you'd like to be. Think about the, the best plan that you think God could ever have for your life. And the Bible says he can do more than you can think. He can do more than you can ask according to his power that's at work within us. His ability, his desire, his, his heart. His heart to lift us in all of our infirmity, in all of our struggles, in all of our trials, in all of our weaknesses. Remember, Paul said, I go first to show you how long-suffering God is. In spite of all the struggles that we have, it's his plan to bring glory to his name through us in all generations. Through you. Remember, a billion starts with one. Verse 7 of chapter 4 in Ephesians says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, you have everything that you need to do what you're called to do. It's already there. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. When he rose from the grave, he took the power of hell and destroyed it. He took everything that the devil would have to bring us into bondage and broke those chains, opened those doors, gave us life, gave us light, and he gave us the giftings that we need to do what we're called to do. You have everything in you right now to do what God's called you to do. Now you know why I said we're going to have to have the ears to hear this. I heard this. I was in my 20s when I heard this. I remember sitting on the edge of my seat in church and thinking, 
could that be true? Could God use my life for his glory? Could, could he make me more than I am? Is, is it true that with God all things are still possible? Does he, does he still take the, the nobodies and nothings? It says that in, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians. He, he takes the, the weak and he takes the lame and the, the nobodies, the nothings, the despised, the foolish. This is his plan to glorify his name in the earth. Is that possible, God? Could you take my life and could you use my life for your glory? Could you actually make my life a miracle as the scripture bears witness? All the gifts that he's given to us, in order to receive them, number one, they have to be desired. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, Paul says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. They have to be desired. Like, if somebody gives you a gift and, and you look at it and it's all wrapped up and it's, it's got a pretty bow on it and it's for you, there has, there's a desire comes into your heart. Isn't that right? At least I hope so anyway. I mean, just it, maybe it's your birthday. Somebody brings you a present. I don't know. It's Christmas. You, some, somebody gives you something. Maybe it's unforeseen. And somebody says, here, I, I bought you something. And you look and it's wrapped up. You don't know what it is, but you initially desire it. And it's the same in the kingdom of God. You, you have to desire what God has for your life. He's not going to impose it on you. He's not, he's not going to come in and force you or me to be the people he wants us to be. There has to be that, that desire in the heart. Then we have to unwrap it. 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. We, we've got to get into the word of God. We've got to study the word of God. We've got to find out who we are in Christ and what the giftings of God in each of our lives are actually for. And then once we have unwrapped it, then we have to embrace it. There are no gifts or receipts with God's gifts. You understand? There are no returns. There's no boxing day or whatever you call that day, whatever the, the day after Christmas. There's, there's, no, there's no wrapping it up and taking it back and exchanging it. Gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And we have to embrace it. Paul said, that's why Paul said, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. And when you do, your life becomes a miracle. The, the church of Jesus Christ is a supernatural body. And don't ever settle for anything else. Don't let yourself become just a natural person. That means that you're governed by your own reasoning, by your own sight, by your own strength, by your own feelings. We are a supernatural body. We are governed by the Spirit of God. We are led by the Word of God. We are gifted by the giftings of God. We are called to do what God has determined to do through us. None of us should ever be able to get to the end of the journey and say, boy, I did this all by myself. No, Our song ought to be, only God could have done this. Only God could have done this. How merciful God has been. When we get to the end of our journey and some of us lift our feet up into our beds, we should be able to say to our friends or family, whoever's there, say, follow me as I've followed Christ. This is a wondrous life. This is a supernatural life. This is an amazing life in God. God took me and out of the ashes of my life made a miracle. In Matthew 11:23, Jesus intimates in the Scripture that if miracles, which can only be attributed to the power of God, had been present in or part of the fabric in Sodom, it would have been spared. He said, oh, Capernaum, if the things done in you, the miracles done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. If Sodom had had miracles, I preached on that here a few, a few weeks back, 
And it tells us that no matter how decadent a society gets, it can still be reached when the power of God is visible in it. We're living in a decadent day. We're living in a day of of rampant and ever-increasing immorality. Confusion is abounding on every side. If ever there was a time for the church to rise, it's now. If ever there was a time for the power of God to be displayed through ordinary people, it's now. If ever there was a time for you and I to embrace the fullness of Christ and the fullness of His calling and take the risk and go off the cliff with God, may I put it that way, and say, Lord, I'm not willing to be ordinary. I'm not willing to be ignored any longer. God Almighty, whether they kneel or whether they rage or whether they tremble, let there be a reaction to your presence in my life. Give me the courage to speak. If you've given me a word of knowledge, give me the courage to speak it. A word of wisdom, let me speak it. If you move on my heart to lay hands on somebody that's sick and believe that they're going to be healed, give me the courage to lay hands and pray. Give me the power to take authority over the devil and all the works of darkness in my family, my friends, in society, and my enemies. God, I'm not sitting on the sidelines any longer. I'm going to walk with you from this day forward. There was a man in Sodom, his name was Lot, and he was living so far beneath his inheritance. He was, the, of, he was related to Abraham, through whom God said, the whole world is going to be blessed through you and those that are part of your lineage. And, but he chose to live so far beneath his inheritance, so mixed in with the city in which he was living in, that his life and his voice made no difference. Even when he knew that judgment was coming, and he ran to try to get people to escape the city, they wouldn't listen. They thought he was joking. And I can hear people saying to him, well, if, if this city's about to be destroyed, why are you so intermixed in it? Why is it your whole value system? Why do, you, why do you just talk about it nonstop? If you knew we were under judgment, why are you just talking about it now? There's got to be a people in our generation that say today, not so with me. I'm not going to live like Lot did in Sodom. I'm going to let God make my life a miracle because Jesus said if miracles had been there, it could have been spared. That means this decadent generation can still be reached if the power of God is found in the people of God one more time. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let God arise In his church, let the enemies of righteousness be scattered. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to close with this scripture, verses 13 and 14. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was saying, I'm, I'm not everything yet that I feel that God wants me to be. And I know I've still got a ways to go. But I'm leaving behind everything that needs to be left behind now. And I'm moving forward to this incredible calling of God that's on my life in Christ Jesus. Because he has shown me mercy, he's shown me grace, I understand his plan for my life. And I believe that he can do more than I can even ask or think if I will surrender to him. 
I believe in Paul couldn't have known that his obedience, his moving forward was going to pen the New Testament. Do you understand all the, the doctrine I've shared with you today except for the book of Peter has come from the hand of this surrendered man. He could not have known that his life was going to give guidance to hundreds of millions of people. For 2,000 years, he could not have known. But he did know this one thing, that if I press on in God, there's something in, through my life that's going to bring glory to his name. And if you and I make that choice today, I'm telling you there's something in each of our lives that will bring the name of Christ to reputation and to glory. And don't get overwhelmed with the thought of what, what will I do or what do I have to do. Just start with the first thing. Just start there. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. You start there. And you begin to, you begin to leave behind what needs to be left behind. That's where it, sometimes that's where it starts in people's lives. You need, there's certain things that need to be put away and left behind. Then suddenly you're reading the Word of God and it starts to unfold and you see what the future could have and you start moving towards that future. As I said this morning, I, I'm familiar with this because I know what it's like to feel like your life is not going to amount to anything. I know what it's like to feel that the, the darknesses in your life are getting deeper, the selfishness is getting more pronounced, the, the anger and despair are getting worse. And then suddenly this, this whole new realm begins to open of God. And you begin to hear words like I'm sharing with you today, that with God all things are possible. I remember, I've, I didn't share this this morning, but I remember I was in a church and I heard a message. I, I don't know if it was this like this one, but it was something similar because my heart started to burn inside. And the, the pastor he basically said, if you want to give your future into the hands of God and, and live for him, and he gave an altar call, and it was about 700 people, about the size of this downstairs here today, and everybody stood up and nobody moved. I couldn't believe it. I mean, they all looked so good in that church. They all had nice clothes and big Bibles. And the families looked to be together. I'm in jeans and jean jackets most likely. I'm on a day off. I haven't shaved, and I just... I don't know the Bible. I don't even know there's a, such a thing as Ezekiel in the Bible. I, I don't know any of this stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, God, what's wrong with these people? Like, they've got, all, they've got everything. They've been raised in Christian homes. I, I, I wasn't. They know the Bible. I don't. And they look so good. They're, they seem to be really into this world called Christianity. I'm just kind of riding the edge of it, wondering how deep I want to go. And I, I felt just to get out of my seat. Nobody else did, and two reasons. Number one, I felt bad for the preacher. He's such a nice guy, and he preached a good message, and nobody responded. And number two, the Holy Spirit was drawing me. And I remember there was just two of us, about 700 people. I was on this side, and another guy in a green suit, I remember, came down this side. And both of us got on our knees, and I just started to cry. And I said, here are my words. I said, Jesus, I have nothing to give you. The little boy in the story at least had some loaves and fish. I don't even have that. I remember my words. I said, if you need a bad temper, I'm your man. <laughs> you need a lousy husband, that's me. If you need a guy who doesn't know how to be a father, I qualify. And, and by the way, I don't like people. I'm, on, I'm riding the edge of hating people. <laughs> but if you think you can use this life, I give it to you. And you see... God specializes in miracles. He specializes in taking nothing 
and making something out of us for his namesake and for his glory. So that's what I'd like to invite you into today. Remember I started by saying a billion starts with one. And it starts with one heart that says, here am I. I don't feel worthy. I, I don't, I, don't I wouldn't, if I were God, I wouldn't use me, but if you want my life, I give it to you. And he takes us in our nothingness and he becomes everything. Changes us. You know, I, somebody, I, fortunately my house burned down years ago and I, we lost all of our pictures of what we used to be before we came to Christ. There's always somebody out there that's willing to send you an old picture of yourself. And somebody did. I looked at that, Pastor Tim, and it scared me. Of the man I used to be before I came to Christ. That man's eyes were dark. His countenance was dark. His, his heart looked empty. And I remember looking at the picture, and I remember thinking, thank God that man is dead. Thank God that another man was born because of Christ. I, I wish I had a thousand lives to thank Jesus for what he has done. The best way I know to thank him is to convince you that this journey is worth taking. You know, the, one of the perils of the last days is there's going to be a people, Paul said, that are always learning but never able to be brought to the knowledge of where that truth is taking them. And they deny the power of God. In a sense, they, they just resist it. They resist what God wants to do. They, they learn but deny his power. I don't want to be among them. I've been asking the Lord to increase the borders of my own tent to, to help me so that I can help others, so that I can help you today become the people that God wants you to be. So, Father, I have delivered your heart. And I know it's your heart, and I know you gave me this word. All I can do is deliver it, and Holy Spirit, you have to make it real. But I do ask God for every evangelist that's here and doesn't even know what they are, every pastor that doesn't know they're called, every, every civic leader that's here, every one that's going to make a difference in their, in their sphere of life, whatever it is, whether it's in the academic world, whether it's pushing a broom, it doesn't matter. God, you have something so much bigger for every life that's here. Would you give us the grace to yield? Would you give us the grace to believe that you can use us for your glory? So I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to ask you to make the journey I made uh, 40 years ago now. Imagine that, 40 years ago. And if the Lord's speaking to your heart, and you believe that God can make your life a miracle, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and just join me here. And we're just going to pray. Pastor Tim's going to come. He's going to lead you. Come on up. Come on up. Just join these guys that are coming. Thank God. Just, just move out of your seat, wherever you are. Just move. Don't write yourself off. Don't sell yourself short of what God has for you. I'm not looking to pack an altar. I'm looking for you to become everything that God wants you to be not about packing an altar the day I responded there was only two and I've lived to see a lot of people come into the kingdom of God just slide in move in close to give room just keep coming just keep coming 
doesn't matter what you do for a living. God will take you way beyond that. Give you an ability to do something you never believed that you'd ever do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just keep coming. Father, thank you, God, for... Thank you for the miracles coming down the aisle today, on all sides. Miracles, God. Lives that are going to be transformed. Lives that are going to be new. Things that are going to be done for your namesake that will bring your name to glory. Pastors that are going to be helped. Leaders, God, that are going to be strengthened. God, make us a miracle. We, we don't want to settle for anything less. Make this church a miracle. God Almighty, we, we ask you for transformed lives to be the hallmark of this church. It started with Nikki Cruz, a man, a man who was diagnosed as unredeemable, has preached to 30 million people. God Almighty, you gave us a sign of what you wanted to do. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. The young men coming down, the young women, God, do it again. Do it again. Raise up voices, evangelists, pastors, teachers. People who have found churches, people who go to mission field, people who will run for political office, people who will be stand in the education system, people who will be the best janitor that's ever, ever touched a broom in New York City. God Almighty, God Almighty, the anointing makes the difference. The power of the Holy Spirit makes the difference. The presence of God makes the difference. It's not what we do, it's who's doing it through us. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray, God, right now for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God, the presence of your Holy Spirit, for hearts to begin to burn for what they've heard today, God, what we've all heard, because it's been your word. It's not been anybody's opinion. It's been your word that we've looked into, and we've seen something about your heart towards us. God, the desire of your heart to make such a difference in this generation. Give us a testimony, Lord, that can't be ignored anymore. A testimony that can't be denied. A testimony that will put to shame the contrary arguments of darkness. Oh, Jesus Christ, I pray that not a single person at this altar or in this sanctuary would say, no, this is not for me. Not a single person. God, you would lead us. You would guide us. You would change us. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus.
will not be killed. I'm not going to tell you that your praise will not come under attack. Because every time God gives you an assignment, an assassination comes with it. Y'all missed that today. I said every time an assignment comes, an assassination is tagged with it. Because the devil knows if he can stop you from doing the assignment and kill you, but he got to wait till Easter is over. Tell somebody you gotta wait till Easter. You can't because whenever God's got an assignment for your life, God will take care of you. This Christian life is filled. That's why Paul said, Therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. That's why Paul was able to tell Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you power. He's given you love and a sound mind. He's going to rescue you, Timothy, out of the hands of the enemy. I know Alexander the coppersmith may be doing you much harm, and I know that demons have forsaken you, forsaken me, and went back to his homeland. But this life comes with a price. John's head was cut off. Peter was hung with his heels up and his head down. Bartholomew was fled alive. Mark was dragged through the streets of Alexander till all the flesh fell from his bones. Paul's head was cut off 
and Nero's chopping block. This life of being a Christian sometimes will come a price, and, and sometimes the very people that give you hell is not the club, it's the folks that go to church with you. The very, what's so sad about it, it's folks that hang out on your road that giving you more hell. It'll be fine. And one thing I know about the club is that the club loves its own. The world loves its own, but God's people will try to kill each other. Tell your neighbor, I'm not your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You need to stop sitting up in here trying to wrestle with everybody thinking that's your enemy, that's your enemy. Tell your neighbor, you are not my enemy. The God of this world. Point it, Pastor, if I'm preaching right quick. Peter. 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 Peter is on death row. Waiting for execution. I want to tell you something. I don't know how I would have treated knowing I was on death row and going to be killed the day after. I don't know how I would have been. But I want you to see the moment of his rescue. Check out verse number 5. The Bible says, And Peter therefore was kept in prison. Everybody just read it together. And Peter therefore was what? Kept in prison. Look at the moment of his rescue. It was a time of a praying time. It was a praying time. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 5. Let's read it together. And therefore Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God for him. I thank God that somebody believed in him. I thank God that it wasn't no hypocritical members at that church that got to the point where they said they weren't going to pray for Peter. I thank God that somebody prayed for Peter because Peter, Peter needs prayer now. The Bible says he's kept in prison. Thank God that nobody said at that church that Peter deserved what he's getting. Let him go through his own. And I know that there's some selfish people in church, but I thank God that when I got in trouble, uh, somebody kept on praying for Pastor Carter. Somebody kept on saying, that's our pastor. Right now, we got to pray for him because he's in the prison of his own world. He's in prisons of the clutches of the devil. Look at the moment of his rescue. Do I have a witness here? Tell your neighbor, it's praying time. It's, this ain't not the time for the church to sit up and look and point the finger because it may be me today, it'll be you tomorrow. This ain't the time for you to say that my baby ain't pregnant and the five months later hear your baby with his belly stuck out. This ain't not the time to talk about you got a job because six months later you can be unemployed. Tell somebody it's praying time. I said, it's praying time. I'll be right there, Montre. It's praying time. And the, But look what I like about this text. Peter's in jail, but it's a but there. But prayer. I, I said, but prayer. Look at somebody and say, put your butt back in there. When everybody try to tell you you ain't going to make it, put your butt back in there. Oh, y'all don't hear me today. When, when nobody say you ain't going to make it, put your butt back in there. Put, 
Y'all sitting here trying to get deep. I ain't talking about the one you're sitting on. I'm talking about the conjunction when the devil tell you. I'm not trying to tell you you sitting on yours. I'm asking you to get up up and get with me. That's what's wrong now. You're sitting on it rather than getting with me. Tell your neighbor, get your butt up off of it and get your butt with it. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, that's what I need today. I need somebody to pray for me, not sit up and, and discuss what happened to me. I don't need nobody to sit up and ask me what time and who I laid with and how, why I went over there. I need somebody to pray for me like the Bible says, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And what I like about this church, the Bible said that they prayed without without ceasing. Prayer is such a great resource of strength to the human eye because sometimes when I look out my window it looks real rough. There are times when I look out my window I get a little nervous but I get down on my knees and say, Father, I scratch to my hand the deep Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, use your resource. The greatest resources that a believer can have is not a car. The greatest believer resources that a believer can have is not enough money. The greatest resources that a believer can have is not who got the biggest house. The greatest resources that a believer can have is prayer. That's why Jesus said men ought to all, all, Always pray and not faint. Tell somebody it's praying time. Thank God that there was some human intercession. Intercession. I, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for some intercession on my behalf. Y'all sitting up in here thinking that you need just your prayers. I come here to confess today I need more than my prayers. Sometimes my prayers get a little weak. But I thank God my mama praying for me. And I thank God my daddy praying for me. And if you're not quiet enough, somebody on your road right now praying for you, tell your neighbor you need human intercession. I know sometimes y'all say, I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. All I need is God. But I want to tell you, God didn't put humans around you for them to just look at you. Some folk right now don't want nothing from you. They just want to pray for you. They want to intercede on your behalf. And the Bible said that Peter is in jail. He is in jail. He's in jail. But, 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 but the church were praying intensely for him without ceasing. They were praying with a ferventness. As James says, the effectual and fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. You ain't never got a prayer prayed until you got somebody that will get down on their face and stay there 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock and 12 o'clock and stay there and keep calling your name out with an intenseness without ceasing. Peter needs you, Lord. 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 Clara needs you, Lord. Clara needs you, Lord. White needs you, Lord. John needs you, Smith needs you, Lord. 
Help somebody. Church kept praying for me. They had me on my mind. Took a little time out to pray for me. I wish I had somebody just point at me and say, this man going to help us today because the moment of the rescue, everybody say human intercession. That's why we got to keep on praying for one another because we don't know where we're going to be at times. I know sometimes you, you, you see the reason why you need folks to pray for you is because sometimes you can get too sick and you can't pray. You can be in a Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say,
What a house! John P. Key! John P. Key! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This morning we had the uh, uh, Times Square Church, uh, a message over there. Sinner, I mean, make my life a miracle. Make my life a miracle. And that's what we all should want. Hallelujah. We all should want our lives to be a miracle unto others so that they can see the miracle-working God in our life, the miracle-working God who has taken care of us, who is taking care of us, and will continue to take care of us. Our light should be shining bright in this hour, 2023. The world has flipped upside down. Wrong is right. Right is wrong in the eyes of these people. Our leadership have nothing for God. They have something for what they think. But the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And sometimes they know it's a wrong move, but they're doing it anyway. Yeah, like God is asleep. But I'm here to warn us again this morning. He sleeps, not slumbers. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. Yeah. So we got to keep our eyes on him. Let our light shine. Let's be that candle that sit on the hill that can't be hid. The light is shining so bright they can see their way to God because they need him. Many don't even know just how serious it is to need God. And they think they're doing it on their own. Hallelujah. Then we came back with... uh, Dr. Jonathan Carter, and uh, he had a powerful message this morning, and he was talking to the church, not the building, but those of us that attend church. He was talking to us this morning, because many times we appear to be against each other. It's so true. It's so true. We are against one another. He said you he, he, he get better results at the club. They, they treat him better than the church people. But see, there's a difference in church folk and God's people. There's a difference. Church folks do anything. If they think, they do what they want to do. Church folks will tell the pastor where to go and what when to sit down and when to get up. Church folks will. But the people of God, they follow the pastor because he's the shepherd that God put over the flock. And the only way we have business meetings and all of this stuff, the church is trying to come together and obey God on one accord. They they see a few is off course. And how can we walk together except we agree? He said, how can two walk together except we agree? Well, how can we all walk together as the body of Christ if we don't agree? The main key, I believe, for us, now after this, you can can do whatever it is you think you need to do. But the main key for the church to believe is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believe on him won't perish, but have everlasting life. That's the main thing. That's why the church doors swing wide open for the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
Because if any man be of Christ, he's a new creature. He should be. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And we make a lot of excuses. I'm to my, in our hearts, we're making excuses. Lord, I, 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 I'm sorry that I, I keep doing Yeah, because you don't want to stop doing it. God's speaking, you keep right on doing it. And every time it get a little bit rougher. He spoke the first time and you didn't go to him and ask him to help you and to strengthen you. The Lord, when these sins come back around, it won't find me. You swept the house clean and I refused to let anything other than you come back in. Yeah. If there's ever time to pray, and that's what Dr. Carter was saying, it's praying time. Not only that, it's light shining time. It's time to let our light shine in the world. Oh, you're going to be persecuted. Don't worry about that. If you speak against anything that the world don't like, they got a name for you now. And every time you turn around, all these evil names and people keep popping up. Shante was telling me about uh, this person. They, they thought it was a 28-year-old woman, but it was a 28-year-old transgender woman, not bi- biologically born a woman, but uh, turned themselves into a woman because they feel like they're a woman. They, they, they think they should have been a woman, but they were born a male. Kill all these people at the school, children and all. And back in the day, they used to say it was mental health illness. If you was a homosexual, you had something going on in your mind that wasn't right. Well, somebody up in high places got on them, and they changed it. And now they're saying it's not mental health. But let me tell you something. The enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll snatch your mind first. That's the first thing he takes, even as a child. If your parents are not praying over you and got you protected in prayer, he will snatch your mind. And when you look in the mirror, you will see what you want to look see. I used to say when you look in the mirror, the mirror tell you the truth, but not no more. Because the enemy snatched your mind and gave you what he wanted you to have. And when you look in the mirror, you'll see what you want to see. You'll feel what you want to feel. Yeah. And he has snatched the minds of the people. I've never seen so many people high and driving. I know what happened back in my day. It's been out there a long time. But when I tell you, this new, these new people, oh, my goodness, they don't care about nothing and nobody. It's like they... They don't have feelings. I know they don't have a mind because the devil took it. So if you don't have a mind, you can't have feelings. You're just going and going. And and, and I mean, they're not going nowhere but from one side of town to the other side. And they act like they're the, the, the police, the fire department, the rescue, the ambulance. They got to get there in a hurry for nothing. Kill somebody on the way, have a bad accident, run somebody over. They got to go. The enemy has snatched the mind. Why in the world do you need to drive like you from hell? Just to go to another side of town. What What's so important? 
in heavily populated areas. I understand. I understand. I understand. Because what should have took you 10 minutes to get there will take you an hour because it's heavy. It's a lot of traffic on the road. But in all of that, you got to be careful. And you can't get through until the car in front of you moves. And a lot of people, I had an anxiety attack. You know why? You're in a rush for everything, and it does not make any sense. You letting your, the enemy talk to you, and you're doing whatever the enemy say. Your flesh talk to you, and you do what the, your flesh tells you. You never consider what God said. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> no need to stress. Wait on God. He's coming, and he's coming to see about you. Somebody said, well, you said that last week. I needed him yesterday. Well, you felt that you needed him yesterday. If you would have needed him yesterday for whatever you thinking you needed him for, he would have been there. But what you needed yesterday, he provided. Life, enough health to get up, strength, enough to walk around or do a few things, whatever it is. Go to work, take care of the house, whatever it was. But we got to start letting our light shine. Well, Barbara, how do I let my light shine? It, 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 it's prayer and the word of God together. You got to have a personal prayer life at home and a personal Bible study life at home, praying and asking God for wisdom, knowledge. But the main thing is understanding of his word. And all you'll get and get understanding is what he has said. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is what we need to do. And when we, in the word, believe it and let the word get in you and you get in the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was in Orlando and this guy tried to trick me. He told me he was a minister. And I said, oh, okay. He said, well, I sure would like to talk to you more because I'm talking about the Lord. Yeah. You ever knew a biological woman who sadly identified as a man? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a... a Somebody saying it was a woman. That's what I thought it was. But anyway, um, he said, well, listen, I'd like to uh, take you out Sunday for, for Sunday dinner. Well, that's innocent enough, harmless enough, all the church people in there eating. But what he decided was that we would go around 6 o'clock. Well, church done started back. Because you remember they used to have two services. It is, Brother Louis, confusing times. They used to have two services. So if you invite me out for Sunday dinner, 6 o'clock in the evening, um, that's time to be getting prepared for church. But anyway, we didn't have a, a, a Sunday evening service, so I told him, I said, okay, I'll go with you. And we went out, and we ate and everything. He said, well, come on by the house with me. I got some things I want to show you and let you hear. Some of my messages, you know, sermons, he called them. I said, okay. And I, it was harmless enough to me. He just wanted me to hear him preaching a week and have a good time. So I go in, you know, go over to his house with him, and um, he, you know, got sodas to drink, and we drinking soda and laughing and talking, and he 
put his tapes in so I could hear him preach. And when I heard it, I felt absolutely blank, nothing. See, because the spirit in you should agree with the spirit in me. And, and when you're talking about the goodness of the Lord, I'm, I'm going to feel that now because it's true. But when I heard them messages, I said, my goodness, that's him up. That's his flesh talking. That is not God. But I sat on that and sat through it. And then he invited me to spend the night. I said, no, sir, brother, I don't, I don't spend the night outside my own house. <laughs> Especially at a man's house, I'm not married. And only night I'm going to spend with a man, whether it's on the couch or on the floor or in the bed, it's going to be with my husband. And so uh, he was saying something. I told him, I said, well, look here. This is what you need to do. You need to take the word of God and wrap it around you like a blanket. Mm -hmm. And then you wrap yourself around the word like a blanket. He asked me to leave his house. I I left there so tickled I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Because what happened is he wasn't expecting God to show up. He thought he just had a church-going woman, you know what I'm saying, and he could trick her. No, sir, not me. I'm not the one. I'm going to know if God is in it, and if God is not in it, I'm not going to want it. I'm not going to have it. Another thing is this. I'm not going to let my flesh lead the way with nothing. No, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Uh-uh. Because if the flesh leaves, trouble is coming. If you're walking in your flesh more than you're walking in the spirit, it'll show up. Because you're going to do fleshly things. You're going to do that which is natural and not that which is spiritual. But if you pay attention, watch as well as pray. And be careful. Because sometimes... The devil knows your flesh is weak and where it's weak at. And he'll send whatever going to cause you to fall from grace. Is what we call it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause you to fall away from the things of God. What God said in his word. And you'll find yourself in a position where it's not obedience unto God. But it's obedience unto your flesh. The scripture says the flesh... Uh, 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 the spirit of God is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So we pray and ask God to strengthen us. Yeah, that's what you got to be praying for every day. Strength, strength. Lord, give me strength. Teach me how to activate the power that you gave me. Because you gave me power, love, and a sound mind. Let me walk in a sound mind. Because do you know when you operate in your flesh and you sin it, you don't have a sound mind? And that devil will keep this wailing that thing up in you. Let me tell you what he tried to get me to do. Bake a pound cake. See, food is my weakness now. Bake a pound cake. Oh, you can bake a pound cake. Bake it and eat one slice and carry the rest to the rescue mission. Rescue mission way somewhere else in a whole nother town. I don't even feel like baking the pound cake. And if I do bake it, I'm definitely not going to feel like driving it to the other side of town. And it's sitting there in the see-through cake plate every now and then go get your slice. No, no. If I don't 
consent. If I don't fall into it, if I don't do it, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about no pound cake in there. I didn't make one. I don't have to worry about no peach cobbler in there. I didn't make it. Yeah. So what we have to do is just say no. The scripture says resist the devil and he'll flee. But we just go right on into the temptation. We just go right on into the, what the flesh wants. Well, you're not trying to resist nothing. Mm-mm. We know that the spirit is willing and our flesh is weak, but we stay weak because we want to do this thing, but we got to pray our way through. Lord, give me strength. And Father, help me that when this sin come back around, it won't find me in the same place. I moved on. You swept my house clean. And I refuse to let these lying spirits come back, stealing spirits and, and all kind of Jezebel spirits. Now, I, I don't want that back in here. I got a sound mind. I got a mind to show love. Yeah. If I got something and you want it, I, I, I want to give it to you if I can. Sometimes if I need it, I see you want it. I'll give it to you and ask God for it again, and he'll redo it. He'll give it to me again. Because he gave me the gift of love. Everybody don't have that. See, some people think they first. They come first, and then everybody next. My thought is everybody else, and then me. And the reason I think like that, greater is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. I know God is a provider. Not only a provider, but he's my shepherd and I shall not want. He give me what I want. If my motives are right, if my heart is right, my thinking is right, my reasoning for doing this is right. I've had bills to pay and somebody say, hey, Barbara, you got $20. I really don't have $20 to give. But because I, I, I got this bill, but I go ahead and give them the twenty and go to God and ask Him to give me the twenty back. Sometimes He'll give me a hundred back. You know why? My heart was pure, and they needed that twenty dollars, and they don't have the faith in God that I have. They don't believe like I believe. Shante and I was trust. I mean, talking yesterday. And, and and I'm going to tell you this, some people, because of their job, they are certain ways. They've been trained to do certain things, and they still got that in them. I've never been an investigator for the federal nothing. And when you are an investigator, you, you, you have to have a keenness about you. What you saw somebody had on two weeks ago, you got to be able to describe it this week and describe them from two weeks ago. What I saw yesterday, I may not <laughs> help me today, Lord. I may not remember two weeks ago, but they train these people. And a lot of things they find out uh, from the internet or from reading. The dates on food, uh, this, that, and the other. And a lot of this stuff is to keep you spending money. But if you know certain things, then you don't have to spend that money because you know better. Been there, done that. You done tried it. You know who made it. You don't have to worry about a date. But just different things, every little thing. 
uh, don't mix this with that. I've been mixing this with that for years. <laughs> and it cleans perfect, and I ain't never passed out. I ain't never had no problem. But they are investigators and, and, and investigative, and they walk in more in the flesh than in the spirit. And, and I tell them, I said, listen here. I walk by faith and not by sight. You're not going to tell me what man unwrote and, and, and what man said about nothing. Because of this, who is man that God is even mindful of him? Why, why am I looking and following all this foolishness when I can go to before the throne of grace and God will tell me all about it? I can go to him on my knees. He's going to tell me what I need to know. Because he wished that I don't perish. That 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 means perish and go to hell or perish in this life. He wants me to live and not die so that I can declare his word, his word and his works. So that I can tell somebody Jesus is, so that I can pray with somebody all day yesterday, all day today. Mm-hmm. I had a prayer chat in prayer club. I turned it into a general chat. Right off the bat, the prayer request came in this morning. That's why I didn't come on talking. I was in another place praying. Yeah. Because of this, the work needs to be done. We don't we don't have nothing but the work of God. We sit back and hush hush and and, and quiet and, and, and just Nobody don't know you saved. Who know you saved? Other than the people on Facebook. Yeah. Social media may know you believe in God, but everywhere else you go, nobody don't even know. Well, you look like everybody else to them. You dress like everybody else. Uh-huh. Uh, but we got to be that candle that sit on the hill today. Preachers, I'm telling y'all, you got to be that candle that sit on the hill. If you know there's a calling, somebody told you God called you to something, and you're still playing with it, trouble is coming. You're going to stay in trouble, in other words. Every time you turn around, it's going to be something, because you're not stepping out in faith. You're not walking by faith. You're walking by what you see. You refuse to get up and obey God, especially in the public. Yeah. So we want to be that candle that sit on the hill. We don't want to fight with nobody. We want to love one another. I'm going to ask y'all to pray for Mississippi intercessors. They uh, had a terrible tornado, I think Brother Lewis said. And... uh, Yeah, he said it was it, it was a harbor tornado tore up a whole town in Mississippi, killed about 28 people. Another harsh weather front coming through later. Hopefully, it stays north and doesn't spawn tornadoes with an S on the end. Uh, he said the same storm front moved through Alabama and Georgia. Not as bad as Mississippi, though. Yeah. So we want to be praying for them. And pray for the people uh, that lost their children yesterday and the adults that got here 
uh, over at the school shooting. And I think it was last week where the boy went in and killed two faculty members and then they found him dead. I'm telling you that devil is snatching the mind of the people. And most of these people, when they do all this killing, they turn around and kill themselves so they don't have no consequences to face until judgment. That's going to be worse than you killing yourself. If you'd have stayed alive, you had a chance. But you kill yourself. You're dead. You can't do nothing. You can't repent. You can't do nothing. That's why I believe there's no forgiveness for self-murder, for suicide. Because you're dead. You can't repent. I never heard no dead man talking. Even when Jesus went to the grave, he stayed there three days. He's down in hell conquering all, but he wasn't in the earth talking about nothing. After the third day when he rose, then he come out, you know. Yeah. So we want to be that light again that shine, sit on the hill, that candle that's lit, that sit on the hill that can't be hid. Because everywhere we go, we're talking about the goodness of Almighty God. I've had people to go out with me in the streets. I, I done had them scared. Yeah. Grown men. Scared. We, I said, well, this is the project, you know, where I used to live. Uh, I worked this project over here for so many months, uh, whatever I did over there. And right there on that corner, they was killing them right and left. I come right down that corner and spread the word, nothing never happened. Matter of fact, the traffic down in there kind of stopped. The devil didn't, didn't want them to come and be delivered. When I left, the traffic started <laughs> started back coming and everything, you see? That candle was on the hill, and it was shining light wherever darkness was. Those that could comprehend, he was sending them. If you couldn't comprehend the light, you had to do what you had to do. But we got to get up from sitting down. I believe everybody God saved, he called you to the field of an evangelist. And that, and that just simply means spreading the word of God. You're going to tell what the pastor can't tell because he got to face them people every week. He has to be careful how he preach. I mean, he could cry loud and spare not, but there's a way for him to do it. Me, I'm just raw. I could just go in and flat feet to stand and tell you what it is. And come on out of there. If I had to stay, I still could do the same thing. Because if God's sitting, it don't matter. He's sitting. Who's going to bother? Nobody. Who's going to come against God? Nobody. Oh, you can try. Because, see, they, they, they tried. They, they took prayer out of school no longer. No longer uh, nothing concerning God. You shouldn't talk about it. And look here. That devil sent somebody that the hell raising, get that in place, they dead and gone. And the devil sitting back laughing because it's still going on. They still honoring this demon's wish. That prayer come out of school. Don't talk about God. That is crazy. When it, You know what? I would have asked her to leave. I would have asked her, of, I would have I said, ma'am, I'm going to need you to leave the country. Because I see right now, you you got mental health issues in the worst way. And we can't deal with this kind of thing. We just rather you leave. 
Because you can't be an American thinking like that, ma'am, that there's no God when that's how the country come about. They put the country together based on the things of God. If you look at our system, I don't know too many more countries, but we, the way we do things here, it's a big difference. But now, but now we, we, we like anybody else. America was a great country, but now we like anybody else. Lie, cheat, steal, all kind of stuff. If you're for what's right, you could end up dead. I, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. But God put this together, and man think he's going to destroy it. But he told me this, he's going to bring down a new heaven and a new earth. All of this here that went on, it won't be no more. They ain't got it to worry about. I know they think it's your thing. You do what you want to do. I can follow the devil. I don't have to consider God. I consider how I feel. And whatever I feel, that's what I'm going to do. Well, go ahead with your bad self. <laughs> yeah. Because it's appointed unto man once to die. And after death comes the judgment. What's happening when you stand before the great God? Almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power than him. When you stand before him, what will take place? Hmm. For those who say it, because the scripture says it's a fool who said there is no God. Uh, for those who didn't believe there was a God, there was no God on that great and notable day when he called your name, what will take place for you? Those who, who couldn't do enough evil refused to change. Did it as a slap in God's face. When he called your name and you stand before him, what will take place? I had a young man who was 17 to tell me one time, he said, uh, that guy there don't believe in God. He said, but it's going to be a sad time for him one day when God, you know, come back. He said, but I rather believe in doing too much than not doing nothing at all or not doing enough. So I'm going to stick with the God who I believe made the heavens and the earth. I'm going to stick with him. Yeah. I say the same thing. I'm going to stay with that God. They have all kinds of stuff. Jesus wasn't this, and it's the slave master's religion. They have all kinds of stuff going on. But God honored what I say. And he honored the name that I call his son, Jesus. Yeah, I can pray it in Jesus' name. It's a done deal. But in 2023, we want to stir up our gifts. We want to begin to go out for the Lord. Stop going out for us. Stop going out just for the job. The job, the job, the job, the job. <laughs> Sometimes I hear about a job, I be like, oh, I wish they'd let the job go. But many can't. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by sight. I tell you what, if you stand up in your faith, watch what happened to you. Believe, because that's the key to coming to God. That's the key to getting anything from him is to believe him, obey him, trust him. Let the word of God do the work with your faith. Watch what happened to you. Work unto him. For the harvest again today is plenteous, but the labors are few. 
And we pray that the Lord of the harvest will send more labor. But how about the labor he called and chose you for? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're grateful unto him because, look, he's got all power. And if you're working under all power, you are, oh, it's an amazing life. Now, trials coming because our trials come to make us strong. And just like Dr. Carter said this morning, every assignment, that enemy going to get angry. He, he don't like that. He don't want you obeying God. And if you're a weak Christian, you won't. Because he'll keep holding you back. If you're a weak Christian, you can't let go of the th- all the things that you need to let go of. So you can't preach. You can't step out front. Because sooner or later, they're going to find out you're an adulterer. Sooner or later, the church is going to find out you 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 are a fornicator. You're a liar. You're a thief. You're a robber. Sooner because you, you, you ain't went to God and asked for strength and, and asked God to take these things out of me. It, whatever you find in me that shouldn't be, take it out and save me and heal me. Because God, when I stand before you people, I can stand in truth. When I stand before you people, whatever I tell them about me, it is the absolute truth. And people looking and wanting the truth today, and these folks up lying and scheming and conniving. Nobody wants that. We want the truth, as Pastor Howell say, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's what we're looking for, many of us, because we want to live right before God. We're tired of the watered-down sermons and the sweep under the carpet and you can do this, and, and the words say you shouldn't do it. The words say don't do it. I see so much of that and so many weak Christians. It's just, I'm like, Lord, you told me to, to pray for the weak. Strengthen them today, God, in the name of Jesus. Many the God done showed you who he is and what he's capable of doing. Still on the weak tip. They're still walking in the flesh and not considering the spirit. Well, the Lord knows, and that's the trouble. <laughs> I'm telling you, see, don't judge me. God knows my heart. Now, they think they're saying something, but let me tell you something that's very dangerous because he knows the very intent of your evil heart, your disobedient heart, your slap God in the face heart. You're telling him it's your thing. You're going to do what you want to do without saying a word hard. Because your actions is proving to him what you are about and what you're going to do. And see, these folks, they get up and talk all this talk. But God hear what we're saying, but he's looking at what we're doing. Oh, yeah, we can't fool him. <laughs> we cannot trick him. Oh, Hallelujah. So we want to be that candle that sit on the hill in 2023 that cannot be healed. You want to run the devil out your life? Talk about God. I'm talking about get it in there. Quote them scriptures and mean it. He's going to run for the hill. Then have come up to me with the foolishness. <laughs> I start talking about God. And put the scriptures in there. They get to go another way. Well, nice meeting you, sweetie. Have a nice day. I got to run, okay? But just two minutes ago, 
You wanted my phone number and wanted to know where I live and could you come by. <laughs> the word will put that devil on the run. Talking about God will put that devil on the run. They don't want to hear that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we're going to one more song of the morning. And uh, we use the opening studio at 9 o'clock. But when we come back, the studio will be open. And uh, if you have something you would like to say, please feel free today to press that number one and come in. Hallelujah. And let God use you this morning if he can. There's a song I want to do right now that reminds me of my grandmother. And you've heard me tell my story how she prayed me through. When I got saved, when I got delivered from drugs and alcohol, my grandmother, she told me, she said, there's a song I want you to learn. And when you come back to my church, I want you to sing it. If it had not been for the Almighty God, who have all power. I thank God the day that he's for us. Yeah. The word said, if he be for us, he's more than the whole world against us. But do we really believe that? Are we really giving God our all in this hour? Or do we allow the flesh to dictate to us and we follow whatever it is the flesh say we, we, we want to do that? Yeah, and we so want to prove to people who we are. And when we, we want people to know what we like and what my style is. Foolishness, that don't make no sense. God gave us all a different life. We are all different individuals. 
He made us all, but God is not a boring God. So he didn't make us all the same, to march to the same tune. If we look at the military, they all have the same uniform on. But they're not all the same height. They're not all thinking the same. They don't all have the same job. They don't have the same wives or husbands or children. He gave us a mixture here of differences. He blessed many nationalities to come forth. I'm black. You might be Puerto Rican. You might be German. You might be this or that. But that makes it better, I think. I think it makes the world a better place. Y'all know I love food, so don't, 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 don't get on the hype. But to have apple strudel, Germans made that. I just love it. <laughs> a German chocolate cake. I love it. They said the Italians did the spaghetti. Big, fat, nice meatball. Woo! And a tomato sauce made to perfection. Basil and oregano. Ooh, wee. Huh? So many. Look at Louis, y'all. So the Chinese, they, they, they make a rice for me. They call it a shrimp fried rice. Something called an egg foo young with gravy. Oh, my goodness. Look at all this difference. All this, black people make what they call soul food. If the pot of collard greens cook right, the, the pot of lima beans cook right, oh, my goodness. It's a great day. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. Woo! Yeah. And there are many more that we don't know about. I read from Australia. There, there are things that she sent me something called Tam Tam. <laughs> yummy, yummy cookies. <laughs> so it's different. It, it's different things. The dress code. We dress different. We Americans, we we got a different style. Although we'll get a style from Paris and New York and and this place and that place and put it together. Africa, they have their own style. China, China have Japan, Russia, Canada. Everybody got their own style, so it makes the world not a boring place. But God gave us all these wonderful things, but He want us to keep our mind on Him. He wants us not to forsake his ways. Look a little to a little Chinese. <laughs> what you want, Ed Fu Young Louis? Yeah. Low child main. But uh uh he wants us to keep our mind on him. He wants us not to forsake his ways. He wants us to love one another. He don't want us to be against nobody because of their nationality their race, the color of their skin, their hair. But he wants us to come together as one. He said, if my people, he didn't give out no nationalities now. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive the sins and heal the land. But we, 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 we got some issues, some problems. 
and it appears we can't do this, but we can. I've seen it done. I've seen a group of people, and nobody was the same. Nobody came from the same nationality. I saw these people get together and build a barn, build a house, clear out some land. I, I done saw these people do all of this. And it wasn't just uh, what Amish people. I love their style in a way. Yeah, them Amish people, oh, I love that style. They take care of their own. They do their own stuff. Yeah. They have lots of land. They marry their own. Yeah, all of that. Because how can two walk together except they agree? But God wants us to love one another. And I and you know why I think food is is one of my key things. Because food brings people together. I've had people if it wasn't for a sweet potato pie or a piece of coconut pie or something, I never would have been friends with this person over here. But we was at the Salvation Army shopping. And uh, we was over, you know, by the dinette set, and they had the table already decorated. And I said, ooh, we, I sure could put me a slice of pie right there in that little salsa right there. And then, you know, one of the other ladies might say, ooh, yeah, I could have me some red rice and beans right and we just start, and then they may ask, oh, you bake sweet potato pies? I said, yeah, I can. I tell you what. I said, you make that red rice? They said, yeah. I said, well, you make me red rice? I'll bring you a sweet potato pie. Oh, okay. And we exchanged numbers. Now, she was of a different nationality. And when we got through, we friends today. And when we got through, nobody said, oh. Oh, you black. Oh, you Puerto Rican. You Mexican. Now we didn't go there. We knew what each other was, and we knew what each other could come bring to the table because we asked each other. The scripture said, in order to obtain friends, one must show itself friendly. So we got some work to do. And then we should talk to these people that we meet about the Lord, see where they are. The, the lady that owned the lawn service that do my yard. <laughs> I was talking to her about the Lord, and I gave her Proverbs 3 because I said, I saw her problem. She was having a lot of customer problems, a lot of employee problems. I didn't tell her these things, but I could see these. And I told her, I said, listen, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I want to ask you something. I want to ask you to go to Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 and mean it. And obey what it says. Take it as the most serious thing you could ever do. Because if you trust God with your whole heart, I'm not talking about sometimes, some days, maybe I could, I should. I said trust him with your whole heart, sincerely. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God and depart from evil. The fear is the beginning of wisdom. So I gave that to her. She told me, she said, you know, I used to be on top of Bible, my Bible study at home and my prayer. She said, but here lately, I, I got to get back there. You see? 
that reminded her of God. That's what we want to do. We just simply want to remind others of God. He's here for you if you want him. And if you don't want him, he still wants you. He's not like us. Oh, you don't want to be bothered? I don't either. Oh, you don't want me for your friend? I don't want to be your friend anyway. With God, I'd like that. Although we don't want him, he yet wants us. Why? He made us for his pleasure. He loves us today. I think about that thing just having to make me want to kick. God loves me. Almighty God that have all the power loves Bob. He can speak to me and I can hear his voice. He can tell me something and it's just as true as I'm sitting here. He'll show me something. And what he showed me is real. I had to call one of my sons yesterday. And I've never seen him so humble in my life. Look at I'm telling my yesterday, he was so, see, he'd been puffed up. You know, sometimes when we're making three cents over the rent money, we all that in a bag of donuts. You know, we where we feel we somewhat you know, want to be. I'm a snappy dresser, you know, I'm driving a nice vehicle, I got no trouble making the car payments, the insurance payments, you know. Uh, my house note is 2400 a month, I ain't got no problem paying my house note, and uh, it's nicely furnished, you know, and I'm making my furniture payments and everything, and I'm getting my kids happy, you know, I'm just all that. but you done left God on the back burner. And it's your thing now you're doing what you want to do. I'm talking about you wide open. God have to draw you back because you're getting too far out there. So yesterday he sent me to talk to my son. I've never seen him so humble. He said, and I received that. I never heard him say that. Mm-mm. But God spoke into his life. And he know what no way I could know that these things. God had to send it my way. Huh? I've had them, well, mama, this and that and that and that. I said, look here. Y'all forget. <laughs> it's not me. You're grown. Whatever you do going to come back on you. It's not going to come back on me. I'm going to feel bad and I'm going to hurt for you now. But I won't have to go through. You're going to have to pay the consequences. So I'm not coming to tell you what I want you to do. I'm telling you what you should do that's going to spare your life and save you from a lot of other hurt and pain. That'll shut your house down even. Yeah. And I, I know this. Remember this. When we come to God, we lose friends. Family members. Sometimes we find ourselves by ourselves. That's all we got is us. Yeah. And I'm this kind of person in my family. I'll, I'll make all them phone calls. Keep in touch with you. You got my number like I have your number. I just show up because we family. Especially that immediate family. Real close family. My children. I just show up at your house. What you going to do about leaving outside? I don't think so. Yeah. My niece, 
when I get ready, I call to make sure she's home. Not the one or that I'm coming. You know, just see if you're home. Oh, yeah, I'm bomb here. Mm, I go right on. <laughs> they having some kind of gathering. They don't know if I'm going to be there. If I don't, if I show up, you can see everybody's eyes looking bright. Oh, I showed up. Yeah. My nephew called me yesterday, and I, I, I didn't think. <laughs> I said, what? What is he calling me for today? His birthday is Thursday. He want banana pudding for his birthday. <laughs> that tickle me. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, he don't, you know, all through the year, he might send me something on Facebook. Or if he need prep or something, he may call me, you know, something. But he don't really fool with me like that. He go to work and leave me alone. And uh, but when he wants up, he just pick the phone up on bar. I say, yeah, this, this, is that. I'm his aunt. We family. He don't have to call me every day, and I don't have to call him every day. I got another one. He tell me all the time, Aunt Bob, if you need something, call me. Let me know. He into them cars. What they call them show cars. Them old antique cars. He into them. I think his daddy had a red one and he had the matching blue one. And uh, he all, he used to come to the show when he was in college, but he graduated and became an accountant. And so he worked for this highfalutin company. And uh, I don't get to, you know, talk to him as often, but every now and then he'll put some on Facebook. I seen him with two gallons of liquor. I said, what is that? He came out iced tea. I say, oh my goodness, do you think I'm crazy or something? I'm that old son. Get off of there with that foolishness. Yeah. But see, it's family. And we should be the same way in the Lord, the household of faith. That means the church. Those that say we're saved, some will say I'm saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost fear, five baptized. We related. I shouldn't have to announce to you nothing. If I call you, okay, I'm calling to see if you're there. You need prayer. I need prayer. We call each other. I send you a text. You send me a text. We family. Email. Louis, email me right now. Get your email on Louis. And I love it. Yeah. So I'm grateful unto Almighty God that I know about these things. Because I could be ignorant to it. And don't know that if we members of the household of faith, we're supposed to look out for one another. If, if the world asks me for something that I have, and you ask me, I don't care if you ask me after they ask me. They ask first. But you ask for it, you get it. You know why? I got to be especially good to the members of the household of faith, the church, my sister, a brother in Christ. The world asked me to bake something, and they asked me before you asked me, and they want smaller, and what you're asking for is bigger. I'm going to have to take care of your bigger order because you are a member of the household of faith. Again, my brother or sister in Christ. He said it was many members but one body. We connected. I may be an eye, you may be the brain. 
somebody else the finger, somebody else the fingernail, somebody else the toe. But we make this one body up. And if you don't operate, I can't. See, because if the brain don't say nothing, the eye can't see. The ears can't hear. The feet can't walk. The hands can't clap. The arms can't lift up. It takes the brain. And today, I'm going to say Jesus is the brain. And he's trying to get our eyes open. He's trying to get us to lift our hands and praise to him. Clap our hands and pray. take our hands and reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ and help each other. Instead of when we hear something, we run with it to gossip. Now, the truth is the truth, but we don't have to run everywhere telling everybody. Girl, did you hear what they said about him? Let's pray. Let's pray for one another. I heard Dr. Carter say the world love each other. Love each other. And, and, and the club, in the club, they love you if you're a clubber. But now don't get out of line in the club because they might shoot you. And that's because most times you did something to them. But if you just in that club and then everybody just dancing and drinking and having a good time, yeah, y'all the same. You like what I like. And like you said, the church people, they try to kill one another, destroy one another. I don't know what that's all about. Somebody haven't been delivered. Somebody's not putting that word into practice. You hurt my feelings. Okay, you hurt my feelings. And then you call me the next day. Hey, how you doing? You hurt my feelings yesterday. That's how I'm doing. I'm still uh, uh, thinking about it today. I forgive you, but I ain't forgot you hurt my feelings. What you going to do? <laughs> Y'all know I got some, some friends that's out there. Sometimes they say, well, I'll be on over there and pick your feelings up. You cooking breakfast? <laughs> you cooking dinner? You cooking lunch? And I'll come over there and pick them up, you know, and fix them because they hurt. Yeah. What you want me to put on them? Some alcohol or rock size or what? And I'll fix your feelings <laughs> if you cook it, you see. And then I'm going to start laughing. And then they'll say, forgive me. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but I was busy or this, that, and other, whatever the case may be. And they go on. I go on. I done forgot it. That happened again. I don't revert back to that old thing because we passed that and we love one another. I got church members when I walk in the door, they get excited. And it's not fake. It's real because God has used me to do something. Give the usher board something. Give the pastor something. I think I owe the deacons over there. I, I get them. I take care of that. Yeah, because I have a, a, a live church I attend to, uh, Divine Truth and Deliverance Ministries. Yeah, on Spencer Street in Jacksonville, Florida. The pastor is Jacqueline Dole, and the bishop is Bishop Carl Dole. Yeah. And we in touch. I'm going on the 15th and speak. At the anniversary over there, April 15th, I'll be over there speaking, 4 o'clock in the evening. I think it's 4 o'clock. I better check the invitation again. But 
the pastor asked me personally to come, so you know I'm going. Because if, if they ask me to do something, I try to do it. I may not attend church every Sunday now, but if they ask me to do something, I do it. And I may be anywhere, you know. Lord, okay, Brother Louis, God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Uh, He got to run out early this morning. But I know for myself, I love the pastor and the bishop, and the pastor and the bishop love me. They busy. And they can't just focus on me. It's a whole family of people. You know, it's a whole church. And so I'm grateful that God gave me somewhere where he dwells. And where the people are honoring him. They honor God. Yeah, they're not playing over there. And uh, I pay my tithes and offering over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful unto the Lord to have them. Yeah. But I must do the will of him that's sitting. I'm going to obey God at any cost. Yeah, if he tell me to go to the prison, I'm down in there. And loving it. <laughs> Jesus went that way. And I know some people won't understand. But he went that way. They took him from courtroom to courtroom. Sentenced him to death to be crucified. My goodness. Beat him real bad. and Picked at him, called him names and all kind of stuff. Gambled for his clothes. and Made him carry his own cross up Calvary's hill. When he got up there, they stretched him out, put the nails in his hands and his feet. Put him up with a crown of thorns, pierced him in his side, gave him gall to drink, did him like a dog, the son of the true and living God that have all power. This is what they did. That was one with him. It was two. He was in the middle and one on each side. And one was talking crazy and the other one said, hey, hey, remember me. Ah, when you get to paradise. Hallelujah. Hey, glory, glory, hallelujah. Mm. Somebody know this morning that Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the life and my light. Somebody know this this morning. Somebody praying. Somebody this very day trying to get their life right with Christ. Somebody heard me say, pray for strength. And they asking God, strengthen me, Lord. When this thing come back around, I don't want it to find me in the same place. And Lord, I don't want to disappoint you. I want you to be pleased with me. I only want to do what you can accept. Yeah, accept the sinner. Coming. You coming. <laughs> he accepts you coming. Now, once you give your life to him, he fully accepts you. No more, no more problem. But a lot of us, we do what we call conversion. You convert. Like a fat person want to lose weight, they decide to turn away all the bad stuff that caused them to gain the weight. That's the way we do when we convert. I don't want to smoke no more. I don't want to drink no more. I don't want to cuss no more. And 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 they work on it. And they got the ability to work on it because God gave them a will, gave all of us a will. But without the indwelling and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can't stay. 
Now, you might have put the cigarettes down, the weed down, the bottle down, you know. You may not club no more, and you may not uh, commit adultery. But guess what? There's still some other things you just cannot conquer. You can't conquer being jealous of other people and what they got. You can't conquer being selfish. You convert it, but you you got to have that indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And you have to have an ear to hear and a mind to follow, a heart to follow God. I'm raising my right hand because I've been guilty myself. The Spirit spoke and I override the Spirit and I'm going on down here. Now, once he see, you're going to let your will be done. You don't, you don't force it. He might bring it back to you again. Don't do that. Barbara, don't say that. Don't go that way. But if he see you just going to go on and do it, okay. Because God is not going to force you. Whosoever will, let them come. I want to be obedient unto him. I want to be the kind that sit on the hill that can't be healed. I want to be the salt of the earth. I want to be what give the earth its savor, its flavor. I want to be the one that when I speak, God stop it. When I call on him, he comes. Yeah, I want to be there. I'm not, it's not against my will. It's not what I don't want. Is all that I want. And I'm grateful unto him this morning. I appreciate him. I love him. I thank him. Can't make it without him. Can't live without him. I need him every day and every hour. That's the truth. Hallelujah. But without him, I can do nothing. Listen, if anyone have, is there anyone, have anything they would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come in. Good morning to you, Sister Rita, and good morning to you, Brother Anthony. Good morning to you, uh, Pastor David. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning to you, Sister Jerry, and good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you this morning. I um, was going to do roll call, but I see who's in the studio, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say good morning to everyone, but I want to do those that I can see the area codes and phone numbers in the studio. So I, I want to say good morning to them, and uh, good morning to your sister Maran. God bless you this morning. Uh, we praying for you still. And uh, intercessors, I want to ask y'all to pray for Rebecca Blue. She's having some back problems today. So I want to ask y'all to pray for her and uh, pray for my goddaughter, Laura. And uh, I'm trying to see here who else. Pray for Sister Angela Foote and Sister Anna Lee Foote this morning. And, uh, oh, yes, yeah, all right today in Jesus' name. Y'all pray for Brother Cal. He in school. <laughs> he is in school. And uh, he get to go out on the weekend and things. So y'all keep him. Lift it up in prayer and uh, pray that the Lord would touch him and that he would even talk, you know, express himself while he's in school, you know. I want to go on a field trip. What I need to do to go on the field trip, you know, that kind of thing. 
and uh, it's already all right in Jesus' name. Very intelligent young man, uh-huh, Brother Cal, and uh, it's all right this morning in Jesus' name. All right, so no one else have anything they would like to say. We're going to get out early this morning, and uh, I thank God, I thank God, because I, I have something I need to be at the door for, so I need to be off early. So anyway, we're going to pray. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And Father, we love you today. And we thank you for all you've done, for what you're doing right now, this morning, and what you're going to do. Thank you for another day. Lord, you woke us up this morning, clothed in our right mind, a mind to remember you, you are God, a mind to remember we want to come to Jesus in the morning, to hear what you got to say to us, the church. Thank you, Lord, for our families and friends. Bless, Lord, with uncommon blessings today, as only you can do. Father, we ask that as we depart this morning, that, Father, you would bless our going out and bless our coming in. Again, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory, by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Bless those coming through the archives and the podcast. Move for them in a special way, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hey, glory. Hallelujah unto his majesty. Oh, we thank you today. We thank you. There's none like you. And, Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, March the 28th, 2023, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. Have a blessed day. And I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you again today, in Jesus' name. So we're going to our last song uh, of the morning. And uh, when we come back, I mean, I won't be coming back after this song. Trying to go there where they at. Being an evangelist, being in the streets, and watching young people with their swag. And different things, you begin to learn how you got to adapt in order to win them. You got to learn how you got to go where they at in order to be able to reach them. So we're going to give you this one. This one is called, I Put God On. Okay. Anything that you may be going through, any situation that you may be facing, anything that you may be struggling with, step outside of yourself Come on now. and put God on. Come on Amen. 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 Look at Ricky. Look at Ricky.
Oh, God. 